Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. As if the McCrispy couldn't get any better, Bacon and Ranch just entered the chat. The Bacon Ranch McCrispy. Available at participating McDonald's for a limited time. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Here on Purple Mafia, I am your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan. Purple Mafia is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Double Twist. Thank you once again for joining me today in what was definitely a comfortable win. Definitely a very fast game, which I love. The game ended before 3 o'clock. The Minnesota Vikings' identity is becoming more and more obvious, and it's a good thing because the Minnesota Vikings literally ran all over or rolled all over the Oakland Raiders today, 34-14. to 14. And that, of course, the 14, the touchdown, the second touchdown of the game by the Oaktown, soon-to-be Las Vegas Raiders, was in garbage time. It was the final uh, score of the game, and that's all she wrote. Derek Carr able to get to Tyrell Williams, an 11-yard completion. Daniel Carlson made his uh, extra point, and he made the other extra point, but he did miss... On a 51-yarder, doinked it. Chicago Bears, uh, Cody Parkey style, doinked it. But that thing was, whew, that thing made it by a mile in terms of distance, but it did not make it in terms of accuracy. It doinked, and the crowd loved it and gave him a hell of a time, which is kind of mean, but whatever. Uh, Dan Bailey was able to nail a 50-yarder in the game, so that's good. The Battle of the Dans, the Dan versus Dan, 50-yarder, that was nice. He made all of his extra point attempts. Dan Bailey... If, you, if he's your fantasy kicker today, 10 points. Not bad. Don't talk to me about fantasy football, okay? Just, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah. But uh, 34-14, the Minnesota Vikings' identity is very obvious. And like I talked about on the uh, season preview episode for Brave the Wild, do check that out if you're a Minnesota Wild NHL hockey fan. Uh, the Minnesota Wild identity is their, four, their top four defensemen. It's literally their defensemen. It's not their goaltending. It's not their forward. It's not this. It's not that. It's not the fact they have no right shot forwards hardly, just a couple of them, and yeah, one of their right, uh, most of their right wingers actually shoot left, which is goofy. Some of you might be like, "What is he even talking about?" Now check out the Brave the Wild show if you could on the same publications, same you know, same things. You check this out on iTunes, whatever, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Okay, Minnesota Vikings identity. If you watched the game, you saw the game. What's the Vikings identity? Anybody? Anybody know the Vikings' identity? Did you say pass? No, no, it's not passing. It's the it's the running game, right? Yes, running game. Okay, I'm sorry. I couldn't hear you right with all the freaking background noise in this apartment. Oh, wait, I didn't say that. Yeah, it's not as bad at the second, but sometimes. Well, we had a rematch of uh, Super Bowl <laughs> Super Bowl eleven back in the day. You know, I forgot to do the historical look at the previous, you know, I, I always like to look at the matchup for these teams, especially when it's an AFC team. I love the, uh, it's, I love to look at history and all that. It's, you know, something I always have enjoyed. 
Because, of course, the two clubs haven't played all that often, but we did play, uh, match up in a Super Bowl. It's always interesting when you see the two teams match up. Oakland Raiders now officially 10-6 and six versus the Minnesota Vikings. So that's like a NFL season, finally. They finally completed an NFL season of games. Minnesota's been on a little win streak. We're three out of the last four and two in a row against the Oakland Raiders. 2015, the Raiders were getting pretty good that year. Uh, that was a fun game, and the Vikings just rolled all over them. Uh, remember Newsom? Was able to return a uh, re- return an interception for a pick six in that game, which really kind of busted things open. And that was when we were like, "Oh my God, the Vikings are in first place for the first time since you know, like the Mike Tice era." Okay, not that long since the Childress era. It's been a long time. Vikings never were in first place in the uh, in the uh, Leslie Fraser era. We finished in second, made the wild card, and all that cute stuff, but just didn't look good at all with uh, Joe Webb as quarterback. Ah, who cares, right? Let's just move on with all that kind of nonsense. That was a joke. It was disappointing, but it kind of is what it is. Minnesota 34-14. Wouldn't that have been nice if that was the Super Bowl way back in the day, but it wasn't. Uh, that was actually the uh, only the second time these two teams met. Uh, the Raiders have been around for 60 years. That's what that big 60 means on their jerseys. And they started playing each other in 1973 because, of course, the NFL and AFL merged. So the AFL's Oakland Raiders hadn't played the Vikings until 1973. Minnesota won that game and then lost five, count them, five games in a row to the Oakland Raiders, including a 32-14 demolition, where the Vikings on the opening drive of that game with an aging Francis Tarkington fumbled at the goal line. Impressive drive to open up the game and you fumble at the goal line. And that was where I just got up and turned the video off and didn't watch anymore. I, I You know what? It's like that's just all she wrote. That's the his, that, that's the history we've been through in the postseason. We got the Los Angeles Raiders in the 80s. The Vikings beat them once in 87 because the Vikings beat a lot of people in 1987. That was a very fun season and a very fun year in the Twin Cities if you're a Minnesota sports fan. Except for the North Stars who finished dead last, but that ended up leading to... Uh, Michael Madano, Mike Madano, being taken number one overall in the draft, and uh, <laughs> he's now the uh, he's now the uh, business advisor for the uh, Minnesota Wild, and eventually going to be president of hockey operations. I think, I think so. But no, it's been an interesting matchup. Vikings lost five in a row. They finally beat the LA Raiders in '87. The LA Raiders again. Vikings lost to the LA Raiders in '84. A couple of years after they moved to Los Angeles. Kind of a cool name, actually, the Los Angeles Raiders. It brings back memories, actually, even though the Oakland Raiders are the original name. Going way back into the early 80s there. In 82, they moved to L.A. officially and won the Super Bowl as the L.A. Raiders once. Interesting. They won the Super Bowl as the Oakland Raiders twice. Won, the, won it as the L.A. Raiders once. Kind of cool when you sit down and think about that. That is kind of cool. Uh, Vikings beat them in 96. I Barely, barely, vaguely remember that game, 1996, because I certainly was watching back then. Vikings snuck into the playoffs that year only to get demolished by the Dallas Cowboys. Uh, 2003, that didn't go well. The Raiders were a significantly better team than the Vikings around that time. That was back when the Raiders were a Super Bowl kind of a contender. Of course, that was the year after when they weren't as good. Mm. Well, whatever. Um... Vikings beat them in 07 with Dante Culpepper at quarterback. Man, that's I can't believe it's been that long. 2011, Carson Palmer, the Vikings beat the... Nope, the Vikings lost to the Raiders in that game. Carson Palmer, yep, I remember that. And that was the last time the Vikings lost to the Raiders. Beat them pretty good with Derek Carr as quarterback. And now the Vikings 2-0 with Derek Carr as quarterback. And the Minnesota Vikings will never play the Oakland Raiders again unless they move back again. They will be the Las Vegas Raiders next time the Vikings play them and moving forward. So we'll see if old Chucky is still the coach. Uncle Chucky there. Uh, 
yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, best of luck there. I hope it works out. I'd like to see the Las Vegas Raiders succeed. It's, I don't know, it's a shame. That's a cool fan base. A little crazy and rowdy with all that face paint, but I guess we all do it. Vikings are warriors too, so, and they were basically pirates in a lot of ways as well, but in different parts of the world. Raiders are technically, I guess you could say, in the Caribbean area, kind of, sort of. Vikings, obviously, Greenland, Greenland, Iceland. Yeah, let's move on. Kirk Cousins was sharp, very sharp to open up the game. It was a lot of fun to see, and it's like, you know, uh, of course, the Oakland Raiders' run def- pass defense is not good. It's not good, and Kirk Cousins hit his targets. He nearly threw an interception down the stretch in the game. A couple of passes were not so good. Dangerous, threw him right into linebackers and linemen's hands, but luckily were not caught because that's just the Oakland Raiders right now. It's just not a good vibe around that team. They beat Denver, but they're the only team to... <laughs> that's the only team they were able to beat as Denver can't beat anybody including last week's opponent and a rematch of another Super Bowl a couple Super Bowl rematches today Minnesota and Oakland in, in uh, the 1976 Super Bowl of course early 77 yeah uh, Pittsburgh San Francisco never happened New Orleans Seattle has never happened let's see Chicago and Washington that's an NFC championship game or two back in the day I believe two of them, I think. Green Bay and Denver, yep, 1997. Unfortunately, the Packers won this time, but you already know that. Whew, shootout with Kansas City, Baltimore. We'll get back to that. I'm jumping ahead. Mm, 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 mm. Let's just say the Vikings didn't get a whole lot of help today, unfortunately. Ah, doggone it. Well, Irv Smith was very good, very good today. Unfortunately, one of his big games, he would have had over 80 yards today, but it was called back for the for holding, unfortunately, a uh, call on Bradbury, where it was a typical little kind of a grab, a quick little grab, which used to be a subtle thing that refs didn't call. Nowadays, they call it that type of deal. Uh, Adam Thielen was pretty damn special today. There was a play in the game, which was the second touchdown of the game. The first one, again, to Thielen from 35 yards. It looked like... Looked like Kirk Cousins could blindfold and uh, complete that pass. That's how easy that play was. Um, but then there was a kind of a cool one. Obviously, Cook made it 14 nothing, continuing to power his way through. And this guy is clearly a top three running back in the, in the entire league. I mean, what an amazing draft pick Delvin Cook truly was. 110 yards on the ground today, about seven yards a carry. Alexander Madison, just gorgeous out there, almost five yards a carry, 58 yards for him. Mike Boone. When the Vikings were ahead by a decent amount, he got a twenty-five, a twenty-four-yard gain, one up a twenty-eight total. Man, just gorgeous. Even Kirk Bleepin' Cousins ran for ten yards on one play, on one up with sixteen total rushing yards, six or four overall rushes. And the Raiders' strength is the run defense. The Oakland Raiders' strength is the run defense, other than of course uh, Josh Jacobs being an outstanding running back. And Terry Carr's got talent. He's just not been as good since the ankle injury. For just the re- it just is what it is. <clears throat> the whole the whole vibe with the Oakland Raiders has not been good ever since that happened. And I, I don't know. And I don't know. The Gruden thing just hasn't worked out thus far. It's, uh, it just hasn't so far. We'll see. So his second year on the job there in Oaktown after returning from, you know, the early 2000s, just before they went to the Super Bowl to, with him as coach of the Tampa Bay Bucks, defeating his former team. <laughs> kind of funny. But no, Alexander Madison will just... I'm going to say this every single week. Every single week. And if you're tired of hearing about it, I don't care. I'm going to keep saying it. Alexander Madison is like starting running back material in this league. He is. And just look at that. 58 yards. You know, you average 58 to 62 yards. You average 62 yards a game in a 16-game season. You're a 1,000-yard rusher. He got into the end zone for the first time. That's why he did not let go of the ball. He 
kept it with him, and off he went with his first touchdown. That's going to be on the uh, that's going to be on the mantle in the fireplace. Oh man, love to see Teddy Bridgewater out there. There he is. <laughs> Segment one, you got the second second half of the games. Unfortunately, next week it's going to be the second half of the game, so the Vikings play the Chicago Bears. That's going to be an interesting test. But no, the running game today absolutely the identity of the Minnesota Vikings in so many ways. I mean, so many ways the identity of the Minnesota Vikings is the running game. Again, like you came in knowing the Oakland pass team, which is not good. Kirk Cousins exploited it, did a heck of a good job because, well, <clears throat> you knew there was going to be somewhat of a rebound type of game and the way other quarterbacks have just killed that Oakland uh, pass defense. It's just not been that good and the run defense has been elite. For the Vikings offensive line, the run blocking, and of course the the opportunistic job and high IQ of Dalvin Cook and Alexander Madison and Mike Boone, <laughs> three-headed monster, literally. Um, it's an extremely impressive thing when you sit down and analyze what happened here. Uh, there's another amazing statistic as well, going back to 2017. The Minnesota Vikings, after after today's game, are now 20-1 and one with 25-plus uh, rushes in a game. That's how successful the Vikings are when they run the ball. It's unbelievable when you think about that. 20-1. and one. And what was the loss? What was the loss? That was last week. Oh, my God! That was last week, yep. Just a total bummer. But it just kind of is what it is. You know? I mean, last week, let's try to flush that out, as all the uh, the homers in Minnesota like to say. Let's, let's flush that one out. Yeah, let's not flush it out. Let's get pissed off because we should have won that freaking game. You have every right to be pissed off about that. But... Frankly, if you're not pissed off about last week's game, I don't know, man. I won't say you're not a fan. I'll just say you're kind of crazy. Like, you're just silly. Um, Oakland Raiders, though, this was definitely a... <laughs> it's, I don't know. It's just the way it is with them right now. Uh, Darren Wall, well, Waller. You keep wanting to say Walker, but it's Waller. Waller. Like, Orson Pig in his Waller. He liked to hang out in his Waller. You know, remember the U.S. Acres show, Garfield and Friends? You know, there's Garfield, and then there's the other group, the, the 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 farms, the farm animal cartoon. Yeah, I don't know. I'm probably you're probably I'm probably weirding all of you out, but 104, uh, 134 yards receiving today for that guy. Only one play where he didn't catch the target because it was it, w- it was overthrown. It just clearly was overthrown. Would have been a touchdown actually, easily. Kind of like what happened with uh, Thielen and, and uh, Stefan Diggs on multiple occasions last week. <clears throat> So that just kind of was what that was. Darren Waller, he's got a massive future in the late tight end for the Oaktown Raiders. He's going to be in the Pro Bowl, I think, for many years to come for the Oaktown Raiders. I think Irv Smith's got a chance to be something really good, too. Uh, he was wonderful in the game. And again, should have had four catches for about 84 yards. Unfortunately, again, called back for holding on Garrett Bradbury. So that's unfortunate. It just kind of is what it is. It is what it is, though. I mean, there's obviously talented players on the Oakland Raiders, so... <sighs> yep, it is what it is. Uh, to keep them to 14 is always a good thing. Uh, solid win for the Vikings, blah, blah, blah. You could just go on forever. Uh, you know, I mean, it was a it was a boring game in a lot of ways because the Vikings took that early lead and just hung on. It was boring in a sense of there wasn't a whole lot to worry about. And sometimes it's good to have a boring game where you can just kind of relax, put your feet up. You know, you can... You can the, the swear jar is empty this week. The swear jar is completely empty. Maybe just a oh bleep when he almost threw an interception, him being Kirk Cousins, of course. But the swear jar, there it is. Do you see the swear jar over there? There's no coins in it this week. So last week, I think it was overflowing with everything. It was overflowing with like dollar dollar coins. That's how many swear words we're talking last week, probably from most people's houses. 
That was some horse crap. Vikings should have blow, blew the Packers out last week, frankly. I mean, I can't believe how weak the defense showed in that bleeping game. Okay, and other than, let's, let's, okay, let's flesh out the garbage time touchdown by the Oaktown Raiders. And if you do that, listen to this statistic. Minnesota had given up seven points in the last seven quarters, if that was the case. Wrap your head around that. Seven points in the last seven quarters. That is some pretty amazing stuff. That's a point a quarter. Like one point a quarter. In the la- other than that doggone like last second little uh, garbage time. So that's insane. And that's just gorgeous, isn't it? Isn't that beautiful? It's absolutely gorgeous. Uh, <laughs> that's a Super Bowl type of defense. And I hope the Vikings can keep it coming going into next week. That team's offense, I don't think they're as good as the Oakland Raiders. There's, there's some threats, of course. We'll talk about them in a bit. And their defense is going to be doggone difficult to deal with. But if Dalvin Cook and uh, Alexander Madison and this offensive line are ready to go, Mike Boone, if need be, are ready to go. And Kirk Cousins can protect that football. And the Vikings can protect Kirk Cousins. Probably even more important. Like, if he's going to have a hard time even handing the ball off if, like, Khalil Mack is, like, already there, ready to go. Ah, boy, interesting. Uh, Mike Hughes was able to debut today, and Anthony Barr sat out this week. So, good week for him to sit out, I suppose. Getting getting healthy, hopefully he's ready to go for the Chicago Bears next week. The big old division game right there on the road in Soldier Field, where the Vikings' success rate has been putrid, to say the least. Other than a couple of awesome years like 94 and 98, where the Vikings killed the Bears in those weeks back in the good old days. But, um... I digress. Mike Hughes, nice return. He was very solid today. It looks like he hasn't missed a beat at all. And that's great. Very nice to see. Vikings defense overall got beat up the middle a bit. I would have to say they did get beat up the middle a bit today. Uh, in the later stages, kind of as we kind of moved forward into the second half, Derek Carr started to get, move the ball into the, into the second quarter, third quarter, this and that, up the middle a bit. But um, it's forgivable. I mean, you kept the team to seven points until the last moment. Harrison Smith was able to get an interception today. The Vikings, four sacks, zero sacks on Kirk Cousins today, which is outstanding. So, And again, when you hand the ball off enough, Kirk Cousins, well, doesn't have the ball for very long, obviously, and that's great. Uh, Chad Beebe had a couple of decent moments and not-so-good moments. Uh, he muffed a punt. He wasn't that great, obviously. Uh, he muffed the punt today, was called for... Uh, was called for a personal foul on a play, which cost the Vikings 15 yards, or basically he got lit up. So I'm not sure where the personal foul was there. And now it looks like he might have a broken ankle, very possibly. So once again, Chad Beebe's hurt. He was carted off, broken ankle. I, don't, I doubt he's out for the season with that, but I don't know. It's Chad Beebe. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to say about that. Uh, Amir Abdullah returned one kick, only one, for 25 yards. That's awesome. Awesome return for Amir Abdullah there. Um, but yeah, BB's probably done for now. And uh, BC Johnson, let's go, let's go, BC number eighty-one. You're going to see some action from eighty-one. I'm looking forward to that. I think he's a good player. Um, I think the Vikings receiving core is uh, looking good again, uh, one way or another. Chad BB obviously had some moments when uh, the last couple of weeks. Today, not so much. BC Johnson's a good wide receiver. Too bad Josh Doxson's hurt. Maybe the Vikings claim somebody or something, depending on what Chad Beebe's situation is, if it is broken or sprained or whatever, depending on how long he's going to be out. But, uh, well, you still got four receivers. You still got, uh, still got, well, no, no, you have three receivers. Good Lord. Yeah, you only have three receivers. 
yeah, Vikings will probably pick up somebody. Doxon won't be back until at least week nine or something like that, so that's unfortunate. Uh, and, yeah, Doxon, God. Just like Sam Dyson with the Twins. Sam Dyson, you get him. We got Sam Dyson, and he's throwing the ball like his arm's about to fall off. Gee, and then we find out it was about to fall off. That's great, isn't it? Isn't that just great? Thank you, New, uh, thank you, San Francisco Giants. Thanks. And then, of course, Josh Doxson. And, uh, yeah, never plays it down for the Vikings. That's terrific. It's great. Yep, 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 yep. Cole Quit was awesome again. No touchbacks. One of them in the 20. I know you don't care about punch, punting numbers. But, hey, he's a, good, he's a good punter. And, he well, he didn't fumble the ball or hold the ball wrong, I guess, for the 50-yarder. Dan Bailey nailed that one. Uh, Everson Griffin able to get a stack. He was very much involved throughout the entire game today. Trey Wayne's got a ton of tackles. Uh, he had some moments, but he also, that meant he also well, got beat a bit as well. He got beat a bit, but it's going to happen. I mean, you're going to, no quarterback is going to be 0 for 20 or something out there. So it is what it is. Daniel Hunter was able to add another stack. Eric Wilson, multiple sacks in the game down the stretch. Pretty awesome. What a nice game for Eric Wilson. Pretty damn good showing for that guy. Uh, filling in for Anthony Barr. Eric Wilson, wow. Good job. Really good. Uh, Marcus Epps, special teams tackle. And Chris Boyd, well, he made up for some awful moments on special teams. A couple of 15-yard penalties and interfering with the returner in the past couple, uh, once in the preseason and once against the uh, in the season opener against the Chicago Bears. No, I'm kidding. Atlanta Falcons, of course. I'm just BSing around. But, uh, yep, he had that moment. And today, he, uh, well, when Chad Beebe muffed the punt, who was there? Chris Boyd. So, thanks. Thank you, Chris Boyd. There you go. There you go. Now you can stay. Now you can stay. We're not going to cut you yet, Chris Boyd. <laughs> if the Vikings need a new wide receiver, maybe Chris Boyd won't be the first guy out the door. Oh, what a bummer. I would hope you won't have to cut anybody, depending on what Beebe's situation is. I mean, if he's, like, out for the season, you would hope the Vikings can actually pick somebody up without having to cut someone at that point. The old IR type of deal, injured reserve type of situation, and maybe he isn't out for the year. Ah, oh, what a drag though, Josh Doxson. Mm. But an easy, solid win for the Vikings today. The clock was burned so quickly that again, it wasn't even three o'clock when the game was over. I love that sometimes. Sometimes that's good, especially when it's a game that's a blowout. Just, just kill that clock. And the Vikings drive down the stretch, which puts the Vikings up twenty-eight to, to seven. That was pretty much the that was the backbreaker. Vikings ate up so much time running with uh, Delvin Cook and Alexander Madison, which wound up with Madison in the end zone. Uh, that was just awesome. Um, wound up with the yeah that was that was the one where Madison got in the end zone, the fourth one. That was uh, that was so cool, and it made us all feel great at the end of the day. Quieted everything down, of course. Benan Bailey making making multiple kicks to make it 34 down the stretch. Uh, again, the Vikings ate up so much time during the course of that drive, and that was a, that was very helpful down the stretch. So, at the end of the day, the Fran Tarkington Award is it going to go? Is it going to be a three-peat for Delvin Cook? You betcha, it, it, it's a three-peat. Delvin Cook gets it again, three weeks in a row. Delvin Cook is the Fran Tarkington Award winner. The Kristen Ponder Memorial. I don't know. I guess it's BB. Poor guy. I, I I can't give it to him. That's like kicking him when he's down, literally down. Um, I I don't know. I mean, it, there wasn't any really moments that were that bad. Just some dumb penalties at times. Uh, I can't really complain about a whole lot in this game. I mean, Kirk Cousins almost throwing a couple of interceptions. That would have sucked and might have changed the game a bit. But 
He didn't throw interceptions because, well, he didn't because they dropped the ball. We got lucky, kind of. He wasn't that bad in the game. We, we, I mean, you can't just bash him that much. Josh Jacobson was kept. Josh Jacobs, pardon me, I've got Brent Jacobson on the mind. <laughs> only 44 yards for Josh Jacobs, but again, I mean, only 10 rushes. So um, Delvin Cook has got to be the Tarkington guy for this week. I can't really complain about a whole lot this week. Just maybe just the fact that Chad Beebe got hurt again, I guess. So it kind of comes back to poor Beebe again, I suppose, for the uh, the uh, the award there. Again, the Urban Legend is again the Urban Legend twenty and one when the Vikings run the run the ball twenty five plus times. So the times we didn't, it's like why didn't you? That's an Urban Legend. Well, we'll go with that. So there's an Urban Legend once again this week. With that said, I guess that's a wrap. I mean. Just well-played, blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, it's a well-played game. You can't really complain about a whole lot, which is good. Uh, you can't really gush a whole lot either because how good are the Raiders? I mean, they're banged up. The morale is not good. Uh, the organization hasn't been good really for the last 20-ish years almost. I mean, they made the Super Bowl in 2002, and pretty much ever since then, it has been a bleep show, a bleep show. Uh, for the most part, other than, wow, they made the playoffs finally, but Derek Carr was out with the broken ankle. And they had their third-string quarterback. Their backup was hurt, too. Third-string quarterback, and, I mean, it was just depressing. Absolutely depressing. And there's nothing more you could do for the Oaktown Raiders in that opportunity that they had that completely vanished. I mean, they were almost the number one seed in the AFC. That would have been freaking cool to see Oakland as the number one seed again after all those years. But it's just not the case. So we're going to come back. We're going to look at the league. We're going to talk about the Bears. And unfortunately, they play tomorrow, so we'll have to kind of jump backwards a week to kind of look at their performance so far. And, well, who could forget that very forgettable Packer game to open up the season? The 100th anniversary of this great rivalry, and it was like back then, kind of. The only thing missing was the leather helmets. I mean, great. So, we'll talk to you after the break for segment number two. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number two. Time to look at the NFL, the roundup and such. NFC North, of course, our next opponent doesn't even play until tomorrow night, Monday Night Football, so it is what it is. We'll have to look at the last couple weeks here with Denver and such. Denver and Green Bay, a couple of uh, barn burners, I guess, if you're turtles and tortoises and stuff, but we'll see. Their defense is pretty damn tough, so that'll definitely be an issue going into next week, and we'll get to that at the end of the segment. Of course, right now, as per usual, as per tradition, with Purple Mafia, at least, well, yeah, we'll keep that definitely going next week, because next week is a 325 kickoff. <clears throat> Sunday Night Football flashing off in the background here. NBC, you got the Los Angeles Dodgers and Cleveland Brown, uh, Cleveland uh, Cleveland Indians 3-3 three to three here in the second quarter. Another one of those doozies, another barn burner right now, but... It is what it is. <clears throat> you got exciting offenses and all that stuff not being so exciting because the defenses are doing a pretty good job in their place. So that just kind of is what that is. Sorry about that. Cleveland and the Los Angeles Rams wearing those not as exciting white uniforms, but I guess they're better than those weird 
kind of golden-ish ones, but I'll take the retro ones ten times over either one. Jacksonville and Tennessee, another Thursday night barn burner or special or whatever you want to call it. Jacksonville Jaguars rolling over the Tennessee Titans. So, well, so much for Tennessee winning the division, I guess. They're sucking. One and two already. Mariota put up the yards but didn't get production at all. Only seven points, and that was like <clears throat> at the end of the game. So that's just not going to get the job done. I, I suppose they were within striking distance, 10 points, but pretty boring game. And then somebody named Gardner Minshew continues to step up and do really well in the stead of Nick Foles, who was a Super Bowl hero, as we all know, and stuff. We don't want to remember that too well. He's doing a good job. I mean, give him credit. Jacksonville's needed a quarterback forever, and you thought it was Nick Foles. I guess it's Gardner Minshew, Minshew the second. We got to remember the second part. They're one and two also. They're, uh, but they now own the tiebreak over Tennessee and way to protect home field. Woohoo, I guess. Derrick Henry getting 44 yards on the ground and very kind of grinded out black and blue, black and blue football. Leonard Fournette was able to scamper over 69 yards, wound up with 66. So, wow, that's what kind of game it was. He scampered for 69 and won up for 66. <clears throat> That's interesting how that took place. That's quite an anomaly. Talk about an urban legend or phenomena or something like that. That happens about as often as like a heat burst might happen in weather patterns when all of a sudden at the end of a thunderstorm you get this sudden burst of heat and extremely dry air, which I think would be kind of cool, but that happens like once every 10 years or so in just random places. Maybe it's not quite that rare, but it's rare enough. Maybe 10 years in your area or so. That's about how often that kind of phenomenon happens here. This uh, more yards than uh, less yards than the long, yeah, fifteen rushes. Yeah, that's what that's what kind of an exciting game that was on Thursday night. So we'll kind of quickly move on from that. Buffalo, Cincinnati. The Buffalo Bills are rolling. Second place in the AFC East, three and zero. How about them Bills? Well, we'll see them run into somebody at some point, and things will change. But. I wouldn't be too disappointed if the Buffalo Bills made the playoffs. Love the uniforms, love the history and all that good stuff. Pretty cool team, love the colors, everything. But it'd be cool. Cincinnati continues to not do well, even though Andy Dalton's done very well. They're they're winless so far in the in the post-Marvin Lewis era. Love the uniforms, just like the Cleveland Browns uniforms on the TV right now. Love those uniforms. I, I do. I like Cincinnati's uniforms. I like Buffalo's cool little matchup at Buffalo outlasting Cincy at the end of the day, a new era field. So good job to Buffalo. Basically 21-17. Andy Dalton, a couple of interceptions and not the best performance for him. Josh Allen, another solid week. And, well, he ran for 46 yards along the way. He's been pretty good. And the legend Frank Gore, another solid performance, 76 yards and a touchdown. Again, a guy who all these years later still could be on your fantasy team and still could contribute, and he did today. You get that uh, 76 yards and a touchdown, you know, not bad, eh? Not bad. So nice fill-in, solid performance for one of the greatest ever because of his consistency. I mean, in the workplace, what do you want number one? What comes number one? What's first? Do you want a, do you want a superstar person who's like really good one day and maybe not super good the next? Or, do, would, you, or would you like just that rock-solid consistency? I think most people would take consistency because superstars are extremely rare. Miami and Dallas, well, the Dolphins scored. So the Dolphins finally scored in a game here. They're 0-3, and they scored six points against the Dallas Cowboys. 31-6. to Spectacular performance for the Teal, the Teal Town Miami Dolphins <laughs> in AT&T Stadium. 
Oh, Lord. Yuck. Dallas Cowboys are 3-0, and and I, I don't know. Is there really anything to say? Just the Dolphins are tanking. Their uniforms are cool. I actually really like that. And today they wore the full teal look. I like it. I think a lot of people out there would be intrigued with the Vikings wearing full purple. They've done it once or twice here. I like that look. I like it. I mean, that's basically the highlight of the day for the Miami Dolphins, and I, that's cool. I like it. I'll take it. Cowboys 31-6, to and is there really much else to say? No. Just uh, Ezekiel Elliott, 125 yards on the ground. Good for him. Definitely a good performance for old Zeke and Dak Prescott. 246 through an interception, but managed to get two touchdown passes along the way. Good, solid performance at the end of the day, I guess, playing against the Dolphins and all that. But I love those units. I, I love them. We'll come back to Green Bay and Denver rematch of the 2000, uh, excuse me, the 1997 Super Bowl, which we were very fond of because the Packers did not win. Unfortunately, another Super Bowl rematch today, Vikings and, uh, well, Vikings and Oakland Raiders, and both times, in both cases, the team that lost ended up winning the game. That's kind of funny, because the Vikings didn't win either. Indianapolis Colts, how about the Colts, eh? Two and one, the Atlanta Falcons dropped to one and two, sorry for saying A so much, it's becoming a habit. Brissett, Jacoby Brissett, man, hey, he's doing fantastic, and the, the Indianapolis Colts, Take it, 27-24 to 24 in Lucas Oil Stadium. Gotta love what Lucas Oil brings, I guess, to our cars. Matt Ryan, three touchdowns and an interception. Jacoby Brissett just hanging in there, being solid. 300 yards, two touchdowns. The Colts don't have a whole lot to complain about with Jacoby Brissett at the helm. He's doing really well. And, you know, it's the old next man up, just like when the Indianapolis coach, uh, Chuck Pagano, was, was ill, uh, fighting cancer. And then Bruce Arians took over, and, you know, it's the whole next man up type of thing, and guys get jobs. In Jacoby Brissett's case, he could be the permanent quarterback for Indianapolis for the for a while, I suppose, where Bruce Arians, he stepped aside and went to Arizona when that job came, and he had some success. Now he's the coach of the uh, vaunted uh, <laughs> Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Julio Jones, 128 yards, spectacular game, but not enough, unfortunately. For the Atlanta Falcons, they just could not get the job done. <clears throat> At the end, they they made a comeback. They were down twenty to three. They tried to pull off one of the miraculous comebacks, just like uh, they were victims of years ago in the Super Bowl, but uh, just came up short, unfortunately. Twenty-seven twenty-four. We'll move forward. Kansas City, Baltimore, like a highlight reel with uh, Pat Mahomes. Every week is a highlight reel, isn't it? Patrick Mahomes, three and zero. Kansas City Chiefs, Baltimore loses their first game of the year. Ingram, very solid game, 103 yards rushing, <clears throat> 32 yards receiving, a total of three touchdowns for Ingram, the running back of the Baltimore Ravens. What a spectacular, stellar performance. No turnovers from Lamar Jackson, but no touchdowns either, and couldn't really hardly complete a pass, it seemed like, and sometimes, whereas Patrick Mahomes just sidearms it, he slings it, he does this, he does that, and it's a perfect pass no matter what angle he throws the ball, no matter who's coming at him, who isn't coming at him, and it's just spectacular. He just throws people open and guys making one-handed catches. I mean, that was a spectacular touchdown in the end zone. I, I mean, that was a beautiful, beautiful sight to see in the end zone by this one was Robinson, Demarcus Robinson. What a big-time play that was, without a doubt, in the end zone. McCole um, Hardman had an 83-yarder down the stretch as well. Man, that was something else. Uh, spectacular overall performance by Kansas City once again. And Baltimore really hung in there, though. 
which I, I think is quite impressive. They've definitely been the toughest opponent for the Chiefs, though they had to make quite a comeback to even get back in it. Uh, at the end of the day, though, Kansas City moves on with another win. Dustin Colquitt, the punter for uh, Kansas City. I always got a kick out of that. There's another Colquitt in the NFL as a punter. Can't imagine that they're brothers. Yes, actually I can. New England Patriots were shutting out the New York Jets 20 to nothing. One up being 30 to 14 and the Patriots go 3 and 0 and the Jets go 0 and 3. Le'Veon Bell is miserable. Le'Veon Bell is sad. Le'Veon Bell is unhappy. Uh, the other guy who would have been the other Pittsburgh Steelers star player, <laughs> one of the branches of the offense there. <sighs> Antonio Brown obviously released during the course of this week because, you know, it's not worth it. It's not worth the distractions. I don't think it was an immediate thing. It was just like, yeah, once you get rape charge conversations coming up and multiple rape charge conversations, it's like, okay, we have to move on because it's not worth it. We don't need this drama on the New England Patriots. We're going to win our seventh Super Bowl, and it looks like they will the way they're performing right now. And um, both of these Pittsburgh Steelers players that held out, Stupid move. I mean, you know, you could have stayed on the Steelers. The Steelers could have been a tough opponent for the Patriots and Chiefs, possibly. They could have maybe been the number three team, maybe the top team on wildcard weekend, maybe even squeak in into the bye, though I think the odds of them getting a bye over New England or Kansas City are extremely, <laughs> extremely uh, unlikely. But uh, still, they could have been in the mix. You never know. Yeah, Pittsburgh Steelers aren't going to be anything now. And, of course, Ben Roethlisberger's out, so it's strike one. Strike two, strike three. Le'Veon Bell, Antonio Brown, and then, of course, the oft-injured but now out for the season, Big Ben Roethlisberger. So this was kind of a distracting game in terms of looking at all these other players that could have been on the Steelers and such. And I don't know. The Jets just, they're just balls, and it's too bad. They, they should have been better than this, and they're not. And this game actually was 30 to nothing as you got midway through the third quarter there. In fact, late in the third quarter, 30 to nothing, and then the Jets managed to get a couple touchdowns, just like the <clears throat> Oakland Raiders today, where the Vikings had the Raiders pretty much uh, held at bay for such a long time. You finally got to see another quarterback play for the New England Patriots for a couple minutes, and he threw an interception. That figures. Oh, that sucks. Somebody called Jared Stidham. Jared Stidham. So it's like you're never going to get this big-name backup quarterback who might be able to fill in here and there. It's always going to be somebody you never heard of at this point. Other than maybe Bobby Hoyer uh, at the t at the time, but I mean he kept getting hurt, so uh, stuff like that. Ah, uh, tough, tough, tough. But we'll move on from that situation. Mm -mm. New England Patriots three and zero and making it look easy, but of course their opponents haven't been exactly that stellar either. Uh, except the Steelers sort of were at the time. They sort of were. Uh, we'll get back to that NFC North game. Mm. Uh, I don't like it, but it, it's reality. It is what it is. Carolina Panthers, Arizona Cardinals, no spectacular comeback for Kyler Murray today. A couple of interceptions, and Carolina finally winning a game. Arizona remaining, un, well, remaining winless. <laughs> oh, man, Christian McCaffrey again. There it is. After a quiet week last week, spectacular week to start out the season, this and that. The hybrid receiver, Christian McCaffrey, the hybrid receiving running back, 153 yards on the ground, 76-yard long, pardon me. Man, the guy just continues to step up in a big way. He had 35 yards receiving. receiving. He'd be a first-round pick in a lot of fantasy leagues, I bet. Second, maybe third at best. Jarius Wright, oh my God, there he is. There's Jarius Wright, not wearing number 17, but wearing number 13 for the Carolina Panthers. He caught both of the passes coming his way, good for 38 yards. 
Doesn't that just sound like Jerry at right? Jerry is right, catching everything that comes his way, big moments here and there. Never, you know, you're never going to get the big spectacular game, but he'll make the catches he needs to. And he was a hell of a college player. Oh man, I miss Jerry is right so much, and I wish he was on the Vikings right now. And I'm sure the Vikings would love to have him. I'm sure the Vikings would love to have him right now if we possibly could, because uh, I don't know, they, we're not going to be seeing Chad Beebe anytime super soon. New York Giants finally won a game. So Bruce Arians, boy, the uh, the heartburn or whatever the heck is going to take over there. Whew, great game for Evans, though, receiving for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, 190 yards and three touchdowns. My goodness, that is fantasy craziness. And then you go over to the other side, and there's a reason why the New York Giants scored 32 points today in Raymond James Stadium. There's a reason in the pirate ship Raymond James Stadium. New York Giants not only win a game, but they win one on the road. And in a game when Tampa Bay managed to score 31 points, which is pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good, but somebody from Duke called Daniel Jones took over for what some people would call the legend Eli Manning. Daniel Jones was sacked five times. He had two fumble losses against the Tampa defense. That's improving. Kind of a hit-and-miss defense. Jameis Winston actually had a pretty good game, to be quite honest. Almost 400 yards passing, three touchdowns and only one turnover. Both quarterbacks pretty stellar, to be quite honest. But Daniel Jones... Two touchdowns, very efficient. It's just a shame that he lost a couple fumbles, but that's what's going to happen when you have one of the worst offensive lines in football. Didn't help Kirk Cousins or anybody, really, quite honestly, and that's where Teddy Bridgewater got strip-sacked against uh, Bruce Arians' uh, Arizona Cardinals years ago. But nice debut for Daniel Jones. Three games into the career, his three games into his rookie season, so to speak, he gets to take over for the New York Giants, and, well, I think he's going to be the quarterback from here on. Eli Manning, is he going to get traded or something? I have no idea. He's dropped off so much. And some of you out there that think he's just a dope who was just lucky in those games, no. I would tell you to go back and watch those games and tell me that Eli Manning was just a dope who lucked into those games, who lucked being, who was just lucky to be on the team in those, in those playoff games during those Super Bowl championship seasons. And when you see it, when you sit down and watch and analyze those games, Eli Manning was one of the most clutch quarterbacks, one of the most clutch postseason performers I've ever seen, honestly. And go ahead and laugh at me when I say that. He was unbelievably clutch. Yeah, he'll have his dopey efforts during the regular season because they were just 10-6 and six and 9-7 and seven during those years, and he had some awful moments, particularly against the Vikings in 2007. I still remember that game when the Vikings blew out the New York Giants. What was it, like 42-20 to 20 or something like that? Something along those lines. Vikings just blew the crap out of that team. And uh, Eli was awful. But then, what happened? What happened? Knocked out the Dallas Cowboys like they were nothing. 13-3 and club. In their house, you, you knock them right out. Then you go into the frozen tundra for Ice Bowl 2, and you outlast the Green Bay Packers team that was primed to go back to the Super Bowl for the first time in a while. Hopefully to lose to the Patriots. Rematch of the 96 Super Bowl. The 96 season Super Bowl, anyway. And, uh, no. You end up... Uh, you end up seeing the New York Giants clutch it out, and Eli Manning was clutch in the Super Bowl against the best team ever, the 16-0 Patriots. And then he does it again to a 14-2 Patriots team with a 9-7 team. So again, don't tell me Eli Manning is just a dope who was just lucky. He just lucked into being a part of that team. No. Eli Manning was clutch. Eli Manning was spectacular. And I had to get to that take coming into this. But with that said, I don't blame the New York Giants for going with Daniel Jones and 
what a nice draft pick he might end up being if this is anything that he will be in the future. If this is an indicator of what he's going to be coming up. Boy, still no no more points in that uh, Dodgers versus Indians game. Okay, the Los Angeles Rams versus Cleveland Browns. Vince Germano, what's going on with your offense over there? I know the LA Rams defense is spectacular, and they shut down Tom Brady pretty much until that one drive, which was spectacular, watching uh, Bill Belichick <laughs> talk about that. Oh, my. That was a really interesting conversation there. Um, my goodness. Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels, anyway, is uh, talking it over how they literally said, okay, we have to finally score here. It's like 3-3 three to three at that time. And then they ran the same play, was it like four or five times in a row, just Tom Brady choosing different options and different plays because, well, that's what intelligent quarterbacks do. They're able to analyze what's going on on the field quickly and process information quickly and move the ball to the right place. And that's what Tom Brady did. And, well, there you go. They finally got something going. So I guess Baker Mayfield is going to do that now against the Rams. Maybe. Okay, well, hopefully for the Browns' sake and for Vince Germano's sake. The Los Angeles Chargers, not a good couple of weeks here. They've lost two in a row now, and that's too bad. They're one and two. Los Angeles Chargers dropping off in a hurry. What is up with these spectacular numbers all over the board this week? My goodness, Deshaun Watson, 350 yards and three touchdown passes? That's the Deshaun Watson I know and love. Nice to see it. He must be just finally getting healthy for real, getting comfortable again. What a game. And unfortunately, he did have a fumble loss. 135.8 quarterback rating against a defense like the LA Chargers? Not bad. That defense must be dropping off a little bit. Uh, Phillip Rivers, again, quarterback rating in the hundreds. 300 yards passing, multiple touchdowns. He did not get an interception. Not a bad football game, but the Houston Texans defense good enough down the stretch. Deshaun Watson, though, man, really nice to see that. But then you go and look at Keenan Allen. I mean, 183 yards? My goodness. Two touchdowns. What a huge game. Look at these receiving yards during the course of this week. Some spectacular numbers. I mean, you're talking 180, 170, 145. It's just some stellar stuff. But the Chargers are 1-2 and two and the Texans are 2-1. and one. They might win that AFC South. In fact, they probably will because it's not going to be Tennessee. I think that's a done deal. A Super Bowl that never happened, surprisingly, because they were dynasties in separate decades, and the Steelers are now 0-3, and, and the 49ers are 3-0, and and Levi Stadium in Santa Monica instead of San Francisco now. Three-comdlestick three park, as some people call it. Well, candlestick park, three-com park. Yeah, whatever. It was a field goal fest for the longest time until Jeff Wilson was able to get in the end zone up the middle put the uh, San Francisco 49ers ahead for good. Jimmy Garoppolo did not have his best game because Pittsburgh's defense still exists sometimes. They're, you know, they, they exist a little bit. Mason Rudolph was a bit of a reciprocal. One uh, one interception, two touchdowns. But poor, yeah, they were literally like polar opposites. Like, he had the more efficient touchdown and interception numbers, but really poor, piss poor uh, completion percentage, 20% less, and then about 100 yards less. Mason Rudolph quarterback ratings almost exactly the same in fact one the difference between the quarterback ratings of these guys is one which is pretty funny but Garoppolo and the Niners end up surviving a semi-ugly game in their own park against a pretty good 49 uh pretty good Steelers team they get the job done at the end of the day Rasim Mossert wound up with 79 yards rushing along with Matt Breda 68 so they're kind of doing running back committee right now without the uh services 
of one Jarek McKinnon, who collected a $30 million paycheck, not officially yet, but a good number, and unfortunately not working out so great. Seattle Seahawks host the New Orleans Saints with Drew Bridgewater, excuse me, Drew Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback. Yes, I did that on purpose. Teddy Bridgewater, the quarterback of the New Orleans Saints. And 33 points for the Saints against the Seattle Seahawks in Century Link Field. Oh my goodness. Teddy Bridgewater showed up and he's back. Kind of. Um, you know, this is Teddy Bridgewater, the Minnesota Vikings. He attempted only 27 passes, 177 yards, two touchdowns. This is the Teddy Bridgewater we, we remember, where he was efficient, he was solid, and he was accurate. This is Teddy Bridgewater. He's back, and he took a, a, a few hits in the game, but he was protected fairly well. Uh, he also almost got in the end zone, but didn't quite make it. Tried to leap over the pile and did not get there. He ran for a long of 11 Uh total of 12 yards, so of course kind of stopped at the goal line there down the stretch, but well played Teddy, very nice to see against again, a defense that still is decent, because they've given teams fits during the course of the last few years here, still, even though they're not the Legion of Boom anymore, Russell Wilson had some big moments, obviously 406 yards against this Saints defense that sometimes is good, kind of bend but don't break no turnovers in this game. No fumbles, no interceptions. Interesting by these guys. Quarterback ratings both in the hundreds, but Bridgewater more efficient. Not as spectacular in the numbers department because he didn't attempt 50 passes. He attempted 27. But this is a classic Teddy Bridgewater game where he was very solid, very good, and quite honestly, above average. He's an above average quarterback, Teddy Bridgewater, and I'd take him back. I'm going to keep saying it. I'd take him back. You know, we can all be scared about his knee and terrified about his knee, but that's why you have a backup quarterback that's competent. Sean Mannion is okay. You know, at least somebody's heard of him a little bit, I guess. He's okay. He's got an arm, too. So imagine if you had Bridgewater and Sean Mannion or Trevor Simeon last year. I don't know. I guess I'm just stuck in the past, and there's not a whole lot we can do. Teddy Bridgewater's going to get paid by the Saints or the... uh, Dolphins or something at some point. I don't think the Dolphins are going to go after him this time because Josh Rosen's just amazing. No, not yet. Whew, Seattle with some dumb penalties down the stretch. Will Lutz missed a 50-yarder, and then there was offsides, and guess what happened? Offsides on a on a fourth and four, what happens? Five-yard penalty, and, well, four is less than five, isn't it? And, yeah, that ended up providing, <laughs> that ended up proving lethal for the Seattle Seahawks down the stretch who are making a pretty nice comeback in that fourth quarter, but it would not be enough due to stupid, idiot mistakes like that. Not, you know, I didn't want either team to win. No, I'm, I wanted New Orleans to win because of Teddy Bridgewater. I hate the Saints, but Teddy Bridgewater's the quarterback, so I can actually kind of like the Saints for once, and I've hated Seattle since they've existed. I hate the Seahawks. I just can't stand them. Maybe I liked them in the 80s a little bit, but yeah, kind of. That's going way back in the day when they had a wide receiver named Kurt Warner. Wrap your head around that. They had a wide receiver named Kurt Warner and it was spelt exactly the same. (laughs) That's funny. That's really, really funny. I find that hilarious. Green Day Packers, Denver Broncos. (sighs) Well, it's a rematch of the Super Bowl years ago. It was at Super Bowl 33, I believe. Yeah. Yay. 27-16. The bleeping Packers won and they're 3-0. I hate this. I just hate it. Denver Broncos suck. They're they're gonna, you know, they're gonna be in the top five of the draft this year, and uh, maybe maybe they'll finally get their replacement for John Elway because they never really have. I mean, Jay Cutler, no. J- 
Joe Flacco, he's just a Band-Aid. He, yeah, he's just, ugh. There's just nothing left. And he's he's younger than Aaron Rodgers, isn't he? Or is he about the same age? Maybe about that. Yeah, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers was solid. It's funny, because Rodgers just completes his passes when he needs to. And then the rest of the game, it's like the stifling defense of the Vikings or the, the Bears or even Denver's defense is actually not that bad. It's really not. Uh, frustrates the hell out of him the rest of the game. But then, okay, now he'll complete what he needs to and this and that. And Green Bay's defense is very good and they're wearing those goofy uniforms again. Well, I guess they're classic. They're blue and yellow and stuff. And I don't know. They're okay. Aaron Jones got in the end zone twice and he was a frustration for the Vikings. Only managed 1.9 yards a carry. Not very impressive in that case, but he got in the end zone twice on the goal line, so I guess that's all they needed, and the Packers went 27-16, and again, 3-0, and and they're looking to win their 19th NFC North Championship in 22 years, basically. That's what it feels like. I know, that's exaggerating, but it feels like it. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of it. I think everybody listening that's a Viking fan, I hope most of you are Viking fans. Packer fans are welcome to listen, because, well, yeah, you're welcome to listen if you want to. Just uh, don't expect me to worship your team, I guess. Uh, if the Packers make the playoffs, are they going to do anything? I don't think so. I don't think they're going to get out of the first round. Maybe, maybe one round, and that's it. Because Rodgers, if you think Rodgers is still in his prime, I think you're wrong. He, he's not the same. Uh, don't tell me he doesn't have weapons, because he does. Come on now. He has weapons. He has lots of weapons. Are you telling me Devontae Adams isn't a weapon? <laughs> that guy's a weapon, man. Jimmy Graham was supposed to be, but eh, it didn't work out too well. Let's go to another team that's undefeated and is driving me nuts and it's driving everybody nuts. How is this happening? And they were blowing out the Philadelphia Eagles today. That would be a team that plays in Detroit, Michigan. The Royal Blue, or I guess it's it's kind of more of a skyish blue. I don't know what it is. It's not Royal Blue. It's a little lighter. Uh, the silver and the blue, the Detroit Lions, just like the Hopkins Royals. Yeah, we're happy for you. 27-24 over the Philadelphia Eagles. Carson Wentz is more talented than Nick Foles. But that's it. Sometimes talent isn't everything. You know, there's got to be that it factor. Nick Foles has the it factor, and Wentz so far hasn't. Uh, he, he did. He kind of did during that 2017 season. But ever since then, the magic has disappeared. Kind of similar when... Uh, Derek Carr got hurt. Hasn't been the same since he got hurt. And it's like, mm, I, I don't know. I don't know. Carson Wentz was pretty damn spectacular that year. And a lot of people thought the Eagles were going to go 15-1 and one and win the Super Bowl and stuff. Well, they won the Super Bowl, but with a different guy leading the way. Marvin Jones managed to get 101 yards receiving for the Detroit Lions. And we're happy for him. They almost choked this one away as Philadelphia made a Nick Foles-like comeback in the game. Detroit was up 20-10 to 10 at halftime. 20-10. to 10. I mean, that's not the biggest lead ever, especially on the road. But uh, still, they almost they almost choked it away, and they managed to make the big stops when they needed to. And Well, Matt Patricia was supposed to be a defensive-minded coach, and quite frankly, his defenses have done good enough. Bend but no break, I guess, which they kind of were in New England, and they didn't break. They did not break, to give them credit. The Eagles are 1-2, and two, surprisingly. The Philadelphia Eagles are now 1-2. The Detroit Lions are 2-1. and one. Forgive me for the background noise here. Again, we're a busy couple, so it just kind of is what it is. Uh, Detroit Lions two. Uh, Detroit Lions are 2-0-1. Oh, 
and undefeated. Green Bay Packers officially in first. Detroit Lions, well, all alone in second because of their weird record. Vikings, well, we're two and one. We're two and one, but we're in third. And now we get to play the Bias, but they get to play tomorrow. They get to play against the Washington Redskins tomorrow. So the Bears are probably going to be two and one, even though it's a road game. So road games aren't the easiest thing ever. It just kind of is what it is. It's going to be another division rival, NFC North, and it's going to be exciting and all that. 325 <clears throat> kickoff in Chicago, Soldier Field. FedEx Field, though, coming up tomorrow. So we're going to have to look at the previous weeks. And really, what is there to say? Chicago's defense is really damn good, really elite. Khalil Mack is one of the best players in the NFL. He's not just one of the best linebackers. He's not just one of the best defensive players. He's one of the best players in all of football. He's been unbelievable. He had boring games against the uh, Denver Broncos and that awful game against the Packers. That was pretty lame, to say the least. 16-14 to 14 again last time against the Denver Broncos. Eddie Pinero was spectacular, making all those kicks and all that good stuff. But uh, Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, you went against the Denver defense, that's pretty good. You went against the Green Bay defense, that's pretty good. Now you're going to go against the Vikings defense, that's pretty good. So, it is what it is. Uh, the Bears did not play well at home last time around. They managed only three lousy points at the end of the day. 16-14. to 14. Again, over the Denver Broncos. Not a spectacular game by any stretch. Just the Chicago defense got the job done when they needed to. You got another former Vikings special teams player returning to action. Cordero Patterson, per se. You had Daniel Carlson again doink it up the, the uprights. Cordero Patterson had a 46-yard play in the game. Did not get in the end zone or anything, but it was a big play that helped the Bears get in position down the stretch. David Montgomery. Um... It wasn't a, uh, David Montgomery ran for eight, uh, 18 rushes in the game, only 62 yards. Terry Cohen, uh, you know, he's he's had his moments, and he doesn't have his moments. David Montgomery's been good. Cohen's been okay, this and that. Cohen is just, you know, he's had his moments. He's kind of a, a back-and-forth player, receiving and rushing, this and that. He definitely has his value. More of a receiving back than a running back, to be quite honest. And he's got, he's got ability to make plays. Kind of a tricky, kind of a third down kind of a back, I guess. Kind of like, I guess, what Jerick McKinnon was for the Minnesota Vikings. Where Montgomery's the main cog, of course. Mitchell Trubisky, I mean, with this Vikings defense, to me, there's no reason the Vikings can't beat the Chicago Bears. Uh, David Montgomery, he's, he's the main running back for the Bears, to be quite honest. But he hasn't had a whole lot of spectacular start to his career at the end of the day, uh, 80 yards so far on the ground. He's averaging 40 yards a game. He's a third-round pick. I mean, so is Jerick McKinnon, so it's not like he's a spectacular player yet. From Iowa State, 222-pound physical guy. More of a thunder type of a running back. I think the Vikings will be fine. I mean, this offense is so bad. It's just a matter of that hopefully you pray to God Kirk Cousins doesn't get goaded into some stupid mistakes. You pray to God that the Minnesota Vikings defense comes to play. The whole point is, if the Vikings defense can hold up, there's just no reason why the Minnesota Vikings cannot beat the Chicago Bears. What happened when the Vikings lost to Green Bay in Lambeau Field was falling behind. That's what happened. The reason That's honest to God why the Vikings lost that game, because then we had to rely so much on Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins had to attempt so many passes, 
and then that defense goaded him into multiple stupid idiot mistakes. And plus, Kirk Cousins was off from like the word go. He was just off. And when you're down 21 nothing, you can't run the whole time. You can run more than normal because our running, because our, our running game is probably as good as it is in the NFL right now. Honest to God, we look like the late 90s Broncos in the Terrell Davis era. We do. We have one of the best running offenses I've seen, and i got to think it's probably the best running offense the Vikings have had. It's only three games into the season, but, I mean, just take a look. Have you ever heard me call a Minnesota Vikings running back the Fran Tarkington Award winner of the week for the first three weeks of the season? I don't think you've ever you've ever heard that before. So that's quite an urban legend in itself. Mitchell Trubisky can be goaded into mistakes, and the way this Vikings defense has been stifling teams the last, you know, basically the last two games, other than that first quarter, which sucked hard in Green Bay. Other than that, other than that, I mean, it's been, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln, for the, the opposing offense, for Aaron Rodgers, and today for uh, Derek Carr. It's not been a pretty sight. And, of course, opposing running backs, except for Aaron Bleepin' Jones gaining six or seven yards, but that was, again, six or seven yards a carry, basically, but that was, again, in that awful first quarter, for the most part. Trubisky, Trubisky is not Aaron Rodgers, where he's going to make spectacular clutch plays late in the game, or maybe he'll suck for a while and then take over when it matters, which is what Aaron Rodgers does at this stage of his career. He has to kind of pace himself, and then here comes the big moment. No matter how uh, how frustrated he's been, with all the tough defenses he's played against, like Minnesota, Denver, and Chicago, he's gotten the job done, and that's why the Packers are 3-0. and um, The whole point here is just don't rely on Kirk Cousins. You just pray to God this Vikings can, team can survive without relying on Kirk Cousins. And something you're seeing right here and right now, well, <laughs> Royce Freeman averaged 4.9 yards a carry. Phillip Lindsay, 2.8. Nothing spectacular with the Denver Broncos uh, running game there, but not bad, though. Not bad in terms of it's not like when the Raiders last week really were shutting down uh, the Kansas City running back there in uh, LaShawn McCoy. M- McCoy is getting older and everything, but still, when you think about what was going on with LaShawn McCoy and the Kansas City Chiefs against the Oakland Raiders, they really were shutting down that run. Luckily for Kansas City... Go ahead and shut down our run, and we're just going to, like, pass you to death the whole night with uh, Patrick Mahomes. Pick your poison, obviously. Okay, yeah, if, and if Kansas City's able to run, it's completely game over, obviously, in, in most of those games. Aaron Jones only averaged 3.0 yards to carry against the Chicago Bears, and Aaron Rodgers was the only other guy really to run. Jamal Williams ran the ball five times and had zero yards. That's pretty funny. So, yes, obviously Chicago's run defense is really good. But if the Vikings can pace the game nicely on the ground, the Vikings can absolutely beat the Chicago Bears. I don't know if this is going on on a limb or what it is, but I do believe the Vikings defense and running game is good enough that they will defeat the Chicago Bears Sunday afternoon next week. I think the Vikings can beat the Chicago Bears. I think the Minnesota is going to score 17 against the Bears and defeat them. 17 to 14, 17 to 10, something along those lines. I think Minnesota's going to win the game. I think we're going to run the ball and get in the end zone, and that's just the only way to do it, obviously, and complete a couple passes. It's going to be a very frustrating game. You'll probably see a turnover or two. Don't be surprised if Kirk Cousins fumbles. Just the whole point is don't count on Kirk Cousins to save you against the Chicago Bears because it will never happen. 
it's going to have to be on the ground. And unfortunately, the Bears probably know that. Big surprise, right? So uh, you just hope and pray that the blocking can be there when need be and that Delvin Cook and, and Alexander Madison are up for the challenge because they're going to have to be. But I do believe the Vikings will gut this out something along the lines of 17-14. Very, very close game. Hopefully Dan Bailey can hit that clutch kick late in the game if need be, or Minnesota will have a big enough lead and the defense makes the stop down the stretch that we won't have to worry about Dan Bailey making a kick with like zero time left on the clock, like a walk-off type of situation. If, uh, But if the Minnesota Vikings are able to defeat the Chicago Bears next Sunday and get to 3-1, and one, I mean, I, I think there's a pretty good chance this team is legit. And, I mean, when you have a defense and a running game like this, this is a pretty damn good football team. They're definitely different than last year. Definitely. Uh, the defense is coming out of the gate strong and staying strong, other than that gosh darn first quarter of the Packers. Uh, if the Bears start scoring points early and often in the game, I think it's over. Honestly, because you're not going to score in this offense, especially when you have to rely on Kirk Cousins to, to, to airmail you back in the game, because it's just not going to happen. It's just not. So why even count on that happening? With that said, Minnesota wins the game 17-14. Close, grinded out football, black and blue division like the old days, and I mean absolutely like the old days. <laughs> Walter Payton and of course the legendary Chuck Foreman. Walter Payton, Chuck Foreman, and of course you had your Tarkington and all that good stuff, but uh, yeah, I'm looking more towards uh, Walter Payton, Chuck Foreman. Hopefully the Bears don't have Walter Payton. I don't think they do. I think the Vikings have Walter Payton in this game at the end of the day. I think the Vikings are the ones that the Walter Payton player who's probably going to be, if healthy, a Hall of Fame running back, and I don't think so. I mean, I don't think there's any doubt that the Vikings do have that type of guy long-term. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun. So, with that said, we'll take a quick break and come back for some fan interaction right after this. back here on Purple Mafia, segment number three. Again, want to apologize for some of the background noise on the last segment. My wife was trying to clean some dishes, and that's the only time to do it. We're a busy couple, that type of thing, so it just kind of is what it is. Again, I apologize for the background noise. I hope it wasn't too bad. Ah, uh, boy. Well, it's just how it gets sometimes, so I want to thank uh, Vinrock Vince Germano and Malcolm McSween for retweeting the most recent show at Purple Mafia Show, at Purple Mafia Show is the Twitter account. Again, Vince Germano, Lakers, Pies, Browns. They are retweeting episode 296, Another Waste was the title there. And Malcolm McSween. And, yep, uh, Malcolm, actually it was Gerald. Gerald was retweeting it. I think Malcolm, I forget if he did. Yeah, he must have retweeted it as well. It's hard to tell sometimes. <laughs> They've changed a lot of stuff here. Mad Martin out of Northern Scotland says... Good podcast, brother. Had no time this week for anything. Travel and tennis. Now sitting down for the game. 21-0 is this. 21-0, this is what I was expecting today. Ah, uh, he says, oh. Oh, it did. Let's hope that this game does not come back to bite us in the rear. And that's because, what was I saying? Ah. Uh, I was saying thank you very much. There was a lot of emotion on the last show, and it probably showed. So, yep, he's saying it showed. It showed, and it did. Uh, I was... Yeah, I was pretty intense. He said, let's hope, that, let's hope that game does not come back to bite us in the rear. And it did last year, that's for sure. He says, very true about 
how things were going on. Two and one, no surprise, but I'm struggling to get excited by cousins. And I apologize for some of the lack of interaction at times. Sometimes I just get locked in, this and that, or distracted. But uh, no, uh, two and one, no surprise. Not, but it's tough to be excited by cousins. Yeah, same here. It's tough to get too excited because you notice what I talked about like extensively on the last segment. Like, let's just try not to have cousins throw the ball too much. That's sad. That's sad. We're paying all that money because we wanted him so much and we don't want him to throw the ball. We just don't want him throwing the ball. Kind of like how it got with Adrian in the NFC title game. Don't just take him out. I mean, me and my friend Paul Kenneth, the guy who actually screamed the, oh my God, because something funny was happening. And it was just super lucky that I had the microphone running at the time. That's why I'm able to play that because it's pure emotion there. It's a legitimate, oh my God. It's not somebody acting. Um, yeah. Both of us wanted Adrian Peterson out of the game because he was screwing us over the whole night. And, yeah, sometimes it gets that way. Even if it's your star player and he's screwing you over, you don't want him in there. You don't want him in there. You don't want to count on him. You don't want nothing. You don't want nothing. It's just not worth it. So, and one thing I should probably try to do here super quick is, just like last week, I forgot to... (laughs) I, I, I forgot to look at the, uh, the history of the Bears and the Vikings, per se. It, it's so rich. It's so long. So it's like, let's look at it real quick. Better get this done here. The Bears actually lead us 60-54, to 60-54-2. And, and, of course, you had some positive moments here and there at times. So believe it or not, a couple of ties against the Bears, though I don't remember one superly recent. Of course, uh, Minnesota... Well, has lost two in a row to the Chicago Bears. This is coming from the Bears' point of view. Isn't that nice? The Bears have won the last two. Last year, 20 to, 24 to 10. That was pretty ugly. And, of course, in Chicago, 25 to 20. The Vikings had their chances, but the Bears' defense was just stronger than the Vikings' offense. And the Vikings were playing pretty well in November. Well, sort of. We sort of were. We thought we were in that game. We were legitimately in it, and we just didn't get the job done. And then at home, everything just kind of was like... It snowballed from how things were so negative for so long. The Vikings had beaten the Bears three times in a row. And she's six out of the last seven, which is pretty spectacular, dating all the way back to 2014 when the Bears beat the Vikings in Chicago, 21-13. to 13. So Vikings actually did win in Chicago a couple times. 2015, yep, I remember that. 23-20, to 20. that was a close one. Vikings creamed the Bears at home that year, 38-17. to 17. But the Bears were awful back then, so that was kind of the situation there. 20-10, to 10, the Bears beat Minnesota in 2016. The Vikings were not nearly as good that year. That was, yeah, not a good situation at all. Uh, I keep thinking, like, Bradford was hurt. No, that was the 17 one, 2017, when the Vikings uh, defeated the Bears in a big way down the stretch, man. That's just uh, some crazy memories. 20-17, to 17, that was a very low-scoring game for a while, and then Case Keenum got things going and got the Vikings moving. That was a positive feeling, and then a much more, a much better win at the end of the year, though, again, the Bears' defense was frustrating for a while. But since then, Bears 2-0 against the Vikings. Boy, Bears had won how many times in a row back from 2009 until 2012? The Bears had won six games in a row, including an overtime thriller with a walk-off touchdown on December 28th 
2009. Yep, yep, yep. Devin Aromajadu. Gosh, how can you forget? That was the beginning of the end of the 2009 Vikings. What an awful memory that was. Of course, no Super Bowl. There were a couple playoff games. Like, 94 was an awful, nasty, bullcrap playoff game. That's going way back in the day here. Yeah, do we have to remember that? 42-14. to 14. Warren Moon, boy, ne- never won a bleeping playoff game. Never won a bleeping playoff game. Nope, I'm looking at the game when... Uh, Nope, the Vikings won that one. What am I looking at? This is all backwards. Um, that was when uh, Denzel Washington, the exciting rookie the Vikings had, had a pick six in that game. Uh, the playoff game. Where is the playoff game? 35-18. to 18. Yep, there you go. 35-18, Steve Walsh. Steve Walsh, whoever that is. Yeah, Steve bleeping Walsh. Wasn't that lame? Uh, for the record here, Sebastian, I believe, is going to call in, so he might jump in on that here in a second. That's what that sound was that you heard. We'll see if he did. Hopefully he does here. But we'll get back to it. So I haven't... Uh, it's probably good that I'm killing a little bit of time right now by uh, pushing this out. So, nope, he's not there. So we'll see. We'll see if he gets through or not. Who knows if he's busy or what the deal is. But we'll get to Twitter now. Oh, no, Twitter's done. Facebook, of course, still coming. But uh, 60, 54, and 2, the Bears... It was, uh, you know, gaining some ground there. It was 58-54. Vikings were coming back for a while there after a pretty good stretch. But it's kind of a streaky situation with the Bears and the Minnesota Vikings. Boy, back in the late 90s, remember when the Bears were just awful. 97, the Vikings beat them. And then 98, the Vikings just absolutely annihilated them. 48-22, uh, remember that game when Dwayne Rudd was just kind of mocking the Bears, saying, oh, come on, tackle me, tackle me. Nope, you know, after he had recovered a fumble. That was dumb, and he got whistled for uh, taunting. That was just stupid. Like, what's the point? And then he throws up his arms. So that was the end of that. So, okay, that's no that's no problem. He says, I'm having a little bit of family time right now, so I will just have to do it next week. Okay, nope, nope, that's cool. Uh, no problem, brother. So hopefully, yeah, I'd love to hear from him next week. Next week would be a good idea. So now at least we know. Just uh, call in if you can. And, of course, yeah, we'll get to... How'd you get to that as well? Sebastian knows already, but I'll pass it on to you guys as we near the end of the show. Okay, so we're done looking at the Minnesota Vikings and Bears history for now. Some negatives, some positives. This, there's that, there's this, there's that, there's good, there's bad, blah, 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 blah. Enough. Minnesota Vikings. Facebook page for Purple Mafia. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. Facebook.com forward slash Purple Mafia show. And of course, Minnesota, or excuse me, MN Vikings Haven. MN Vikings Haven is the other Facebook page that uh, allows me to post links to Purple Mafia on their page. Can't thank Trevor Wicker on enough for allowing me to do that, and I encourage you guys to join that page for a similar situation. You know, in-week news, in-game threads, post-game threads, blah, blah, blah. And, of course, uh, comment on both of them if if and when you have time. Looks like the Rams have the lead now in a low-scoring 10-6 to type of game. So it's getting a little bit out of baseball range, I suppose. But maybe maybe uh, Cody Bellinger hit some home runs for the Dodgers, I guess. And uh, some of those other stars with the Los Angeles Dodgers. Cleveland Indians have some damn good hitters, too, though, to be quite honest. I kind of hope they make the playoffs for their sake. It's not because I'm sympathizing with the uh, Cleveland Indians were losing to the, Viking, uh, the Twins. But uh, uh, it is what it is. Let's get on to the Facebook page. Oh, what's this? What's this? Sebastian was just replying, saying, yeah, I understand, like, uh, we'll go for it next week. He he was going to possibly send something, but it would have been too late. I'd have to get extra 
get up extra early tomorrow. So I'm a little bit uh, almost distracted thinking about that. I have to get up super early, which is crappy. Uh, so let's continue off of last week. Another waste and all that good stuff. That was the frustration. Tanae Brown out of New Zealand says, great name for the show. So frustrating. And Gerald String says, thank you so much. Joey, thank you so much for the Bronze Star. Really appreciate the time, work, and effort you put in for the Purple Mafia gang. Yes, what a weird game. These divisional games always do have crazy twists and turns. Food for thought. NFL single season rushing record is 2105. Delvin Cook is on pace right now for 2120. Any chance the Saints would trade up for Teddy? Hmm. The trade that's even up for Teddy. Hmm. Hmm, hmm, hmm. Sorry, Cousins, a fantastic person off the field and a great role model, so let's give him that. Honestly, isn't an $84 million guaranteed type of quarterback, and no, he's not. Let's just say it was a bad investment and not much can be done now. Truthfully, we didn't have a lot of options when that deal went down, but hopefully we learned from our mistakes later on down the road. We couldn't beat Brady. No way, no how, so who cares anyway? I'm folding already for this season and just cheering for Cook to at least take the rushing title. My season would be complete. Again, don't care about playoffs right now. Don't see an NFC team that could take on the Patriots right now or AFC for that matter, except maybe the Chiefs. Jesse Bell says, I have no faith in Christian Pond. I mean, Kirk Cousins. Great thoughts there, guys. Thank you very much, Gerald String. That was awesome. And well thought out, no doubt. Both of you, of course. Uh, all three of you, actually. Report, the Vikings may, the Vikings have made substantive inquiry for Jalen Ramsey. And that conversation still is out there for the Jacksonville Jaguars uh, star cornerback. And a lot of people believe that would be a wise move. And maybe we can't keep Trey Waynes. Maybe he's priced himself out of the Vikings, blah, blah, blah. Well, we'll see. Um, he's got a little bit of an attitude. But if he can play and if he can be happy here, and with a defense like this, how can you not be happy? Let's go for it. Um, I say go for it if the uh, asking price isn't too psychotic from the Jacksonville Jaguars. Brent Jake out of Lakeville says, I know he's a bit of a diva, maybe a locker room cancer, but a very talented player. I'd do the deal depending on who slash what we'd have to give up and contingent on him resigning to a deal that won't hamstring us cap-wise next year. I agree with that 100 percent, Brent. That is exactly my thoughts on the whole thing. I couldn't have said it better, honestly. Couldn't have said it better. Uh, Brent McCarthy out of South Dakota says, and Hill, that would be, again, Olden Hill will be back soon. We would be set at the position. Absolutely, we'd, we we would be. Trey Waynes and Boone's is, uh, Trey Waynes and Boone and a draft pick. Hmm, Mike Boone, huh? Mike Boone of the Jaguars. That would be interesting. <laughs> Brent McCarthy with both of those comments there from South Dakota. Mark Carlson out of Iowa says, who wouldn't want out of Jacksonville? Let's make it happen. All he has to do is complain about his helmet. Yep. <laughs> just like uh, just like Mr. Brown. Whew. Yeah, now he's talking about that he's done with the NFL. So he might be, he might very well be done with the NFL and it's kind of sad. You know, all that talent and just, I don't know. And he just can't keep his head on straight, literally. Brett McCarthy says then Rhodes and him could be shut down corners. Hughes a backup. Yeah, and Hughes could ultimately replace uh, Rhodes someday as well, I think, because Rhodes isn't going to be here forever. That's 
kind of a done deal, I think, for a lot of people. Mike Hughes will play today versus the Raiders. Brett McCarthy says, great. So, yep, and it was great. I don't think he was being sarcastic there. Of course he wasn't. And he was good. Was Mr. Trey Waynes. No, was Mr. Uh, Mike Hughes. I loved the logos I put up there. This reminded me of the 90s, like the early 90s, like 92, 95, like Vikings and Raiders. But for some reason, the Raiders logo was mirrored. I don't know why that was, other than maybe it's a way to like avoid copyright infringement, I guess, over a doggone picture, but I guess it is. I guess it is. <sighs> I was talking about the flea flicker during the course of the game. That was the Raiders' first touchdown, actually, was drawn on, with, with a flea flicker. And I was talking about how back in the 90s, you know, the Vikings haven't done a flea flicker since... Brian Billick was the coordinator, I think. Maybe we've had one or two. I could probably count on one hand how many flea flickers the Vikings have done. Back in those days, remember how effective that flea flicker was? Cunningham to Moss, Cunningham to Moss. And then come 99, you never saw it again, ever. And then the doggone cover two took over. And then years later, teams switched from the vertical passing game to the West Coast. So then the cover two was basically annihilated by the, uh, the West Coast style offense, which had been around forever. It's just teams went much more West Coast to counter that because teams were trying to go the vertical game in the late 90s, early 2000s, especially the Randy Moss era, though. I mean, that just changed the game. That's where the cover two basically started with Atlanta uh, and all that. The Atlanta Falcons actually set, set that going in the NFC title game, and Randy Moss never really got to be loose for big, spectacular plays. Cleveland just took the lead. Cleveland just took the lead. I love it. Cleveland Browns taking the lead over the L.A. Rams. I like it. That's cool. Um, but no, the flea flicker, boy, do I miss that. I miss that play, and it was kind of cool to see the, the Raiders pull that off and vertical game, and you made you think about it with John Gruden as coach of the Raiders, without a doubt. He had lots of success back in the day, and I miss the, the vertical-style football. The West Coast is what it is, but I miss that vertical style of football. Obviously, you have to have a good offensive line, and things have to time exactly right, this and that. Uh, Kirk Cousins had his good moments. There's uh, Sebastian saying, ready for football with the youngster there. And uh, it was Carl, his, his lovely wife there. And, of course, uh, uh, Sebastian wearing a Sam Bradford jersey. With the number eight, not Kirk Cousins, but Sam Bradford, number eight for the Minnesota Vikings. We talked about it a bit. I was actually in church when we were kind of going back and forth a little bit. Brief conversation about uh, how the guy had like the, a, a beautiful arm. It's just he just couldn't stay freaking healthy. His knees are like, you know, like, uh, I don't know, just that of like hmm, somebody who has doesn't have healthy knees, like a 99-year-old. It's just such a shame. Uh, such a shame because Bradford could have been a hell of a quarterback. Uh, there's a reason he was taken so early in the draft. And there was a time before the injuries that the guy was actually a very athletic running quarterback back in his days at Oklahoma. Crazy to imagine Sam Bradford being a mobile quarterback, but he was. He was in college before the injuries started happening. Damn shame. Damn shame. Uh, Brett McCarthy was saying, let's put last week behind us, move forward. The third game, the rush should be shaken off. Let's get it together. Offense and go for the win. Defense play strong like the second half last week's goal for the win. And that's literally exactly what happened. Josh Mayer Henry out of Colorado says, ready for week three, need to get back on track. Heard back, love. Uh, Wait, Bear Lake says, let's get them, boys. That's all I can think of to say right now. And that's pretty much what happened. Poetic Justice from Gerald String out of Nebraska says, 
sort of a nice missed field goal. Yep, he was laughing at uh, the young man uh, called Dan Carlson of the Raiders. The Raiders. Robin Jocelyn says school. Sebastian Barton having some fun there as well. Kendricks was really, really good. Uh, yep, Kendricks was really good. Let's see all the comments. I think I have all of them here already. I'm not sure exactly what's happening. Ugh, this stupid page always acts up on me. Isn't that just great when that happens? Uh, might as well head on to the post-game thread. Boy, it's pretty quiet. Oof, extremely quiet. But I think cause a lot of people were just comfortable with this game. They're like, we got this. It's not a big, It's not too much drama. This and that. Like, last week was nothing but drama. Mark Carlson, Iowa, says, I loved the solid running game by the Vikings today. Was it me, or were the Raiders so slow on defense? Mm, I don't know. Just the Vikings, I, maybe they were a little bit. They did a lot of. They did have a lot of injuries. They've been suffering one injury after another, and it's just. I, I don't know. I mean, it's next man up, and uh, sometimes when it's next man up, it's just the next man ain't nearly as good as the previous guy. Uh, he, Mark continues saying the way they responded and reacted did not seem to the level I would expect. Not much of an autumn wind at all. And remember back in the day, the Raiders had some pretty spectacular defenses. Leland Albertson out of Iowa says great game to see live. Gerald Zring says. Dang, I wish I could watch the live games out here. Sounds like we did what we were supposed to do. Solidly beat a less talented team. Can't wait to watch tonight. Our running tandem is no joke, that's for sure. And Couldn't agree more with that one. Brett McCarthy says, nice running game today. Kendricks had a nice game also. For sure. For sure. It was a overall solid, solid performance by Minnesota. At the end of the day, you want to dig a little more. It's going to be kind of thin today, but that's, I guess, how it goes. Uh, Josh Meir Henry saying, trick play for the TD. And yes, you know, why did I bring this up earlier? I was getting so distracted with so many other things. The the handoff play to Thielen, it just, you know, it reeks of one of those kind of plays that are Super Bowl highlights. You know why it's a Super Bowl highlight, right? It's the kind of play maybe you did once earlier in the season, like right now, where Adam Thielen was in motion, the ball's hiked, and next thing, the ball's headed off to Thielen, and he's in for the touchdown. It's like a split-second play. It was so cool. And that's the kind of play that's a Super Bowl highlight that people would be watching 20 years from now when the Vikings defeated the Patriots, God forbid, or the Chiefs in the Super Bowl this season. Wouldn't that be the coolest thing ever? Like you, Okay, like you made that play right there. Now save it for the Super Bowl, for that big moment late in the second quarter, kind of like what the Eagles did to the Patriots in U.S. Bank Stadium in Super Bowl 52. This one would be Super Bowl 54 coming up, which will be the Vikings' uh, victorious day, hopefully. <laughs> I know it's pretty optimistic, but I'll, let's just hope, okay? I, I, I hope so. But that's that, That's what kind of play that is right there. That is the play Vikings maybe trailing the Patriots by three or the Patriots or the Chiefs or the God knows who, the, the Buffalo Bills. Yeah, that, that, that'd be funny. And then hike, hike, literally, they're stealing it for the touchdown! And the Vikings take a four-point lead with three seconds remaining in the half. Oh, my goodness! They completely caught them off guard. Or maybe the Vikings go up by ten on that great play. Something like that. And that's what that is. That's what that's all about. Thank you, Josh Mayer Henry, for posting that. You may think that was just kind of a subtle thing right there, just having fun. But it... Well, for some reason, I didn't even bring that up. Obviously, I was like, yes, he got in on a short play, but I didn't even talk about the magnitude of that play, where it was a big play. The game was so so easy for Minnesota today that it didn't seem like a big play, but it's the kind of moment 
the kind of play that could happen in a big, huge championship Super Bowl type of game. I mean, that is a Super Bowl play right there. That's not that's not wild card. That's not division. That's not AFC Championship. That is NFC Championship. That is a Super Bowl play right there. That's the kind of play people show for years to come. Like, uh, it's just a, the trick play. You know, the play where Dick Foles received a touchdown and the <laughs> and the Philadelphia Eagles took that lead over the New England Patriots. And that was a big moment that really put the Eagles in position to ultimately uh, keep the Patriots behind, keep them at bay down the stretch. I don't think... Oh, let's see if there's any posts to the page. Yes, there was. Yes, there was. Oh, a couple. Or no, that is... Yeah, these are recent. These are visitor posts. Let's go to those really quick. Let's load this up. Malcolm McSween saying, not saying the Vikings did the wrong thing. And we are only two games into the season, but Case is looking good so far. Case Keenum, yep. Solid number. 600 yards, five touchdowns. His quarterback rating isn't good, but still, he isn't turning the ball over. Gerald Spring says, yeah, yeah, uh, duh, come on, guys. If I haven't told you 100 times, take cheap shots. Take, oh, yeah, he's making fun of, uh, yeah, uh, duh. Yep, he's making fun of, come on, guys. If I haven't told you 100 times, take cheap shots. Take the guy's ACL out, you idiots. How many times have I told you I always get away with stupid and illegal shit that's not, le- that's not ethical. Now let's get out there and get those cheap shots in there. And that's, uh, of course, Gerald String making fun of Greg Williams there, the defensive coordinator for the New York Jets. Greg Williams was heated after that, after Odell Beckham Jr.'s 89-yard touchdown. So there it was again. Oh, Jiminy Christmas. That was funny. That was a funny one. I like that. I almost forgot about that. Okay, so Kyle Slaughter has joined the Cardinals practice squad. That's funny. Well, I think they're set a quarterback with Kyle, uh, with, with uh, Kyler Murray there. But, well, who's to say Kyle Slaughter can't do something? Go Browns. This is nice. It looks like they just got a turnover. What a huge win this would be for the uh, Cleveland Browns. What a huge win it would be for the Browns. But still, you got more than you got more than the fourth quarter remaining there when it comes to that game. But, no, can't thank you guys enough. This ended up being a long show anyway because I was backtracking to this and backtracking to that. So, I apologize if it was kind of a weird show. I apologize. Kind of a weird game in a, in a good way, like a good weird game because it was just kind of like over early and you knew it was over early because as good as the Raiders' offense was playing in the second half, they still weren't doing a whole lot. It was a bend but don't break defense. It was a lethal defense for so long. You know, every time the Raiders thought they had something, they didn't. Of course, they got the flea flicker play into the end zone a la Cunningham to Moss. But other than that, it wasn't too good until the last minute of the game when the Raiders finally got to 14 points, finally got to double digits as they continued to fail on multiple fourth-down conversions. Though they did convert on a decent number of third-down conversions down the stretch. I didn't get into numbers as much as I normally do, uh, per se. Some of those kind of statistics, because it just wasn't a close game. It just wasn't. So sometimes it's a big deal as you head down the stretch, or maybe some kind of a spectacular effort by the Vikings defense in a very close game on the road against the Los Angeles Rams in 2017. Those third down defensive stands the Vikings made against Atlanta and St. Louis, I just called them St. Louis, Los Angeles that year, were really something to behold. It was awesome. Vikings did such a good job against the Rams and the Atlanta Falcons during the course of that season. I believe the Rams were here. They were actually here in that game. That was a fun game. Um, But with that said, 
we are going to step away uh, very shortly here. I'm glad the humidity is gone. What a hot, humid week it was. Oh, my. I almost melted out there, especially later in the week. I was getting so worn out and burnt out, especially with all the BS at work going on as well. There's always BS at work. I think everybody knows what that, what that is. I think everybody knows. Uh, let's pass out some stars. Gerald Strings getting the gold for sure for this episode. Silver Star should go to, yeah, it's Gerald's ring with a bullet. I mean, he killed it this week. Just killed it. Uh, Mad Barn's going to get another silver because he's just a, a legend. He's a superstar. And I'm going to give the bronze star to Brett McCarthy and Malcolm McSween. What a great uh, show, everybody. I mean, Mark Carlson always deserves one, always. Thank you guys so much for your inclusion. Josh Mayer, Henry, Justin Mayer, Henry, you guys are awesome. I'll never, never discount what you guys bring to the show. You're, you're legends. And I just can't thank you enough. Surefire Hall of Famers. You, you know you're going to be there. One guy I want to give a shout-out to, I hope he hasn't disappeared and left the show because I haven't been hearing from him anymore and I'm kind of sad about it, is uh, Cedric Paulding. Cedric Paulding. Bat signal. Shout-out to Cedric Paulding from Mississippi. Where have you been? I hope I didn't turn you off and scare you away somehow. Uh, I, I just I hope that hasn't been the case. I haven't heard from him in a long time, and it, it's a shame. I missed him. Hope to hear from you again. Yankee. Yeah, uh, Yankee wasn't on today. Uh, just that's how it goes, unfortunately, because so busy. Uh, Sebastian Balls is a Hall of Famer, obviously, and he's going to get on the show next week with his voice. That's going to be great. Can't wait to hear that. Hopefully after a Minnesota Vikings victory over the Bears around 6, 6.30ish p.m. And Sebastian, if and when you're listening to this episode, major thing, uh, if you could call in pretty quick after the game. And this is what I want to tell everybody again. Now when I get to the calling in situation here, the phone line is 209-736-7877. 209-736-7877. It is a voicemail. Do treat it as such. Mention you're calling in for the Purple Mafia show. Do your statement, shout out, comment, question, and opine. Greatly appreciate it always. It's a three-minute limit, so do be aware of that. Now here's the audio submission route, which I encourage to all of you, and I'm pretty sure Sebastian will be doing it that direction, as he has done it for a while now, where you use the free voice recording application on every smart device on the planet. Treat it like a phone call. Then when you stop, save it. Send it to paladinolive at yahoo.com. Paladinolive at yahoo.com. I will then convert the file into an mp3. Thanks to Zamzar and converto.com. Really appreciate those websites. I'm more than happy to give them a free plug because they give me a free service that is very helpful to my show because when you send a file from your phone, it's usually M4A or something like that. Those don't work with Audacity, which is my uh, editing software. Have to go with the uh, MP3 file, which is the classic style. That rhymed somehow, unintentionally. <laughs> and those websites provide a free service, so why would I not give them a, a free plug? So their service gets charged if it's a big file, like a whole podcast, which I might end up having to do someday. So they're just letting you know about that. Of course, that's where they make their money is off of converting a big, giant file which probably takes a minute or two to, to convert as well, but it is what it is. I mean, welcome to the world. Welcome to the cyber world, per se. <sighs> Again, would love to have you guys on the show if you could. Please write a positive rating for Purple Mafia on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts or Stitcher. Would be greatly appreciated. I will mention you on air and will guarantee you a star of some sort, maybe the gold, depending on how awesome your statement was. <laughs> that type of thing, but I appreciate you guys. In advance, and those of you that have written reviews over the years, can't thank you enough. There are so many of you that have, and I appreciate it so much. There's always trolls. Most of them were dating back five, ten years ago. 
So most of the haters are long, 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 long gone. The early days of the show when I didn't have a good microphone. And, you know, I mean, the show isn't for everybody. People came across it and they're like, oh, this isn't what I'm looking for. And I've changed parts of the show many times over the years. The show has evolved majorly over the course of the last 11 years, 12 years. So it is what it is. I just hope you enjoy the show. And if you do, please do write a positive rating. And I will greatly appreciate it forever if you are willing to do that. With that said, do enjoy the cooler weather. Most of us like the cooler weather versus hot and humid. Cooler, but still warm enough to be enjoyable. It's not like you have to put a coat on. Anybody putting a jacket on in like 70 degrees, I don't understand it. And I see lots of people at work doing that. I don't understand you. I don't understand you. I'm sorry. I, I don't care where you're from. It, 70 degrees is not cold, okay? I don't care where you're from. It, it ain't cold. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's not. So that's just my point of view. Maybe I'm a jackass, but I'm going to give it anyway if you like it or not. Maybe that's why people write one stars, like used to write one stars years ago, because they just couldn't handle the thought that I might speak my mind once in a while. Uh, whatever. With that said, wishing all of you a wonderful week. We'll be back for hopefully a very triumphant victory over the Chicago Bears next weekend. Can't wait to hear from Mad Martin as well on another call-in.